You're listening to the number one podcast for Olive Branch and Eastern DeSoto County. This is OB Pod. Morning, Cash. Morning, Zach. How we doing, brother? Oh, enjoying the best day ever. Getting ready to start my work week. I heard that, man. Uh, did you have a good week though, leading up? I mean, hey, anytime you have two days off, or uh, for me, as close as I can get to two days off, then I will happily take them. Got a little bit extra disc golf in, and it is nice to be wearing a hoodie outside. I will say that, <laughs> because it takes a while before we're able to break those bad boys out. I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, I got to tell you, man, uh, this is this week was a bummer, man. My my son finished football, you know, a week or so ago, and then, the, you know, the, our, our high school teams kind of wrapped up this week, and, yep. you know, being an old coach... And stuff like that you know you you miss the potential of getting to root on your boys and your, your guys and stuff and so it's it's kind of it's bittersweet you know i'm happy i got to watch them play i'm happy they got to play a full season didn't have any COVID issues and well, i mean that's the beauty of sports like as me as a texas fan i've already buried the football team and i'm able to put the texas basketball team up on the big screens at work and get people <laughs> to yell at me why are we watching this garbage is because well i control the remote so you can go ahead and sit back down and enjoy what I put on. I hear you. But, I mean, Center Hill's going to have a fantastic basketball team this year. We've already seen some of the scores, and we got some things to talk about with them. So, you know, you're going to be able to cheer them on, just not necessarily the sport you and me both love. It lifts my spirits a little bit, you know, and it's like I said, it's a this is a great place to be. It's a great place to live. It's great. You know, there's so many good teams and schools and sports around here. It's just awesome. So it always keeps me happy. And, you know, that reminds me of our uh, our top advertiser, Cash, that we Brian Couch of Birch Realty, brother. You know, guys, if y'all are looking to buy a house or sell a house in the market uh, around here, uh, I would definitely encourage you to check them out. If you go to teamcouch.com, you will see the number one realtor team in DeSoto County. Been voted that way over four times. And it's a full service team that's going to take care of any needs you have, answer any questions you have. And not only that, guys, right now they are doing a free market analysis of your home. So if you're somebody who's looking at potentially selling your house or you do want to sell your house and you want an expert opinion on what do you think your house is worth right now and what your houses are worth in the area around you to make a better decision, then contact Brian um, and his team over there at teamcouch.com and you will see uh, they can help you out with this. Uh, they do a great job. I'm telling you, this is one you don't want to miss. You can reach them at their office line at 1-662-449-1700, or you can call Brian personally at 901-461-7653. Cash, um, as always, I want to say a very, very special thank you to the numerous emails that continue to come in. I honestly didn't think the joke thing was going to last. I thought it was fun for a while and stuff. Uh, but- you pretty much laughed me out of the room when I even brought up the idea and... Yeah. I I didn't expect it to go on this long. Like you're saying, like it has completely shocked me by the amount of emails that we get on a weekly basis for these. But thank to everybody. I mean, I could have imagined a small segment like this actually gaining this much traction by accident. Yeah, by accident. So, uh, so again, I picked three more, and I'm just banking all these people. I know some of y'all are like, "Hey, I put one in a couple weeks back," and da 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 da. I go wrong. Not all are appropriate. We're gonna keep working on that, people. But uh, I, I got three for this week, and so here we go. Cash, I asked my wife when her birthday was. She said March 1st. March your butt first out the door. (laughs) So I walked around the room high knees and asked again. All right. <laughs> uh, could you imagine asking your significant other when their birthday is? No. Like that, that, it's a bad situation. Oh, go ahead and have gifts of plenty ready and then just. Oh, yeah. Well, the first part of the question was I asked my wife for her birthday. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. You, you, you fumbled that one. Aren't you? All right. 
Cash. I watched a police officer tra- uh, directing traffic run up to an elderly lady that was driving down the road while knitting. And get this, the officer hollered, pull over. That lady kept driving and said, no, it's a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> he just stood uh, there stunned. He yeah. Over. <laughs> just, what do you she say? won this round. <laughs> So, of course, one of our uh, people who's a nurse said, you've got to use one of my jokes. One of guys. So I found one of our best ones. Here we go. So, hey, Cash, who is the coolest doctor in the hospital? Doogie Hauser. That would be the hip consultant. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I do like that one. All right. So that was Rita's. Yep. And then we got uh, Larry and Tim on those. So Thank you all so much. Oh, man. I... I it, it just warms my spirits knowing that the community gets involved with everything that we're doing. Uh, and yeah. just to see stuff like that, it doesn't get any better. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Now, guys, to keep up this positive mojo, um, we have an amazing motivational message, guys. We're going to continue this poem series. This one is so befitting uh, right now. We just talked about how it's kind of a bummer that our uh, three area football teams, uh, their season came to an end. Unfortunately, none of them are going to be making it to the postseason for the playoffs. And this message really rings true to the thought of um, let's don't focus on the critics or critics of the seasons, the coaches and things, and focus on respecting those that went out there every day and worked hard and played on the field and gave it their best. And, you know, uh, it's not like they went out there to try to lose or try to this, that, or look bad like that. You know, everybody had the same goal, and sometimes you achieve and sometimes you don't. And so um, I think this message is really, really positive that way, and I think everybody can learn something from it. And so I, I hope you enjoy it. It is one called The Man in the Arena, and it is from Teddy Roosevelt himself. The poorest way to face life is to face it with a sneer. There are many men who feel a kind of twisted pride in cynicism. There are many who confine themselves to criticism of the way others do what they themselves dare not even attempt. There is no more unhealthy being, no man less worthy of respect, than he who either really holds or feigns to hold an attitude of sneering disbelief toward all that is great and lofty, whether in achievement or in that noble effort which, even if it fails, comes to second achievement. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst 
if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I mean, it's just something like that, that sometimes you hear the same message over in your life and it just keeps getting readapted. And that is a beautiful thing. And I was listening to something earlier today that talked about you can't always listen to the outside noise. And a lot of that is sometimes social media like Twitter. You know, everyone's an expert until they aren't. Oh, yeah. And what I'm meaning by that is a lot of people will tell you how to run something in your life, but it's a lot easier to do that from the outside than when they have to start making the decisions and all of that fun stuff that makes what you're doing not something that you want to do anymore. I completely agree. I completely so, agree. Yeah, I mean, just to know that we have to keep hearing this message over and over again and to hear it that well back then without all of the extra stuff that they had going on surely he had radio newspapers and things like that but it wasn't nearly the instant access that we're getting now so just be careful to where you're getting a lot of your information from or just the negativity keep pushing through and know that a lot more people have your back than you think well said brother as always guys we want to say a special thanks to michael hatcher and associates they have been a sponsor for us since day one and there's a good reason why they are a phenomenal company that really cares about the, the community and they help promote us as we try to do that as well guys if you are looking for a career change or a maybe a different kind of job or maybe a new career altogether coming out of college or out of high school this is a place to go check out first. They have amazing job opportunities over there. Everything from account managers, estimators, project managers, foremans, irrigation techs, mechanics, you name it, all the way down to entry-level crew members. And what is great about this is they have amazing wages, benefits, retirement, and you're going to be working for a company that is very family-oriented. Heck, their slogan is hire for life. It is truly, truly a great place to be and a wonderful company to say you're associated with. Additionally, if you are a company or business or even a house that wants to have some expert landscaping done, I say you give them a shout. They have the, some of the best architects when it comes to this kind of profession, and they can do just about anything you can imagine when it's landscape related. Give them a call today, anytime, if you want to check out any of the stuff. They have a great lady named Gabby, who is their talent acquisition lady, who can answer any questions, and you can reach her at 1-662-755-3207. And also, there is HatcherLandscape.com if you want to look at more options. All right, guys, it's time to get into our news and local announcements. And first, we're going to go to our Alderman meeting that happened this past Tuesday. And Cash, what, what we got, Bob? Well, Ken Adams was able to give away his Mayor's Award again. And this time, it went to two IT professionals. We had a Martin Abernathy and Adam Patrick. So congratulations to them for working extra hard. And they did work some late nights trying to make sure a big project finished. So it's always nice to know that we've got people willing to go the extra mile in the community. Hey, absolutely. Congratulations to both those men. And I was sitting here trying to think, Abernathy, where do I know that last name? And good old Dolores from Westworld. Oh, like, he was yeah. just sitting there grinding in my head, like, how do I hear, know this name? 
But uh, just one of those things. If anyone man, ever followed us from the past, right, man. man? And I don't, is that getting a season four? Like, it is. It is, guys. Oh. If you don't know, Cash and I used to be part of another podcast called Bleed TV that uh, did entertainment on television and movies and stuff that got really, really popular and exciting. And then, of course, COVID shot that down. But it led to this awesome enterprise we're doing now. But yes, Westworld was one of the shows we used to cover and talk to those actors and show people, and it was a great experience. So yeah, I mean, just a lot of fun, and then just little random things like. That that will pop back up so we're going to dive back into olive branch and get out of Westworld. and the board approved a property maintenance ordinance and this has a lot to do with a lot of the meetings i've been to there was always that list and we had the menace to society alert that we would sometimes have fun and joke with <laughs> so they're trying to find a reasonable penalty that they could do to make sure that the city looks nice the houses and neighborhoods look like something you want to live around and so what they came up with is if there's a blight or disrepair of property, then the owner or landlord is now going to be subject to a $500 fine per occurrence. And this is every two weeks. So, I mean, some of those fines can rack up pretty quickly. I think this is awesome, Cash. I mean, bottom line is, is if you want to maintain cities, there's, there's an old adage of, you know, if you let a window stay broken, then the building becomes broken follow. You know, it's like one of those deals. It's, it, there's also a crime saying that goes with it. Mm-hmm. I've heard that before. You know, once a window's broke, you let it go, then the house becomes next. Uh, and so, like, when you when you let things go, you know, look terrible, grass overgrown, don't take care of stuff, and it becomes an eyesore, blight, whatever you want to call it, and then the thing next to it, it becomes like, you know, it's cancerous. It spreads, yeah. you know? And so I think this is awesome. I think it's going to be great for the city to be able to prevent that, maintain a high level of appearance, cleanliness, and that reduces crime. It, you know, attracts more people to live in the area, increases tax dollars to make things better for our community. There's a lot of good things. And this is one of those things that can do that. What's going to start happening at the Olive Branch Municipal Court is people who are getting let out on bail on major cases, things like brandishing a firearm or something of that nature, will now be required to wear GPS monitoring devices until the case is finished in court. What this is going to be doing is preventing them from being able to pick up another felony or something of that nature, like some have been able to do in catching a second one. So we're going to make sure that something like that isn't possible. And this is much like a home device monitoring system to where the defendant is going to have to pay all of those charges. I can see that. I can see it be more as more of a preventative measure. I mean, like you're probably a lot less likely to commit a crime if you know you're being GPS tracked at all times while you're in court. Um, you know, so I think it's a good thing, you know, I mean, I, I mean, don't get wrong. There are some of those situations where people are like, you know, Hey, if you're presumed innocent, why am I being you know, treated this way or stuff. If it doesn't hurt you and you're innocent, then it should be fine. I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's... Well, it's going to hurt you in the pocketbook because those things are very expensive. So, I mean, I can understand why this is something that took this long to figure out and we'll see if it sticks around because, yes, you're always being watched on your cell phone GPS, but it's a lot different when you're paying somebody to monitor you and like you said, you're automatically innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there could be a debate to this, maybe even a lawsuit. I don't know. Uh, I was just curious. But hey, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. Next, we're going to head into our news. Two Mississippi senators have announced that they have joined a Congressional Review Act to challenge and stop President Joe Biden's mandate requiring private businesses to require COVID-19 vaccines for their employees. And this is something that is going all throughout news and just thought everyone should know about it. 
Yeah, you're talking about uh, U.S. Senator Roger Wicker and Cindy Hyde-Smith. Uh, that's a pretty good uh, group right there to start with when it comes to names. Um, yeah, this is a huge issue in Mississippi. Uh, a lot of people don't want to feel like they're being forced, uh, especially as employers, mm-hmm. um, as well as employees. You know, I swear every day I get on social media, there's a new video of somebody who says, I'm, I no longer work for a company because they said I was required to do this and I don't want to. Um, you know, and it's just back and forth, back and forth. Uh, you know, there I don't know if there is a right answer. And even if you did think you have a right answer, trust me, somebody's going to have an argument saying you're wrong. Guys, the next thing we want to talk about is a former DeSoto Central baseball player, Austin Riley. He is a part of the Braves organization that just went 4-2 and and won the World Series. Austin played pretty darn well. He was 8-24 for with three doubles, a run, and three RBIs. We want us to give him a special congratulations to him, his team, and all the family in the area. Way to represent Mississippi so well. Next up with something new is coming to the Silo Square, and it is Belly Acres, which is a very funky and different burger shop up in Midtown. Have you ever been there? I have not. They, uh... Well, they do have a normal 100% grass-fed burger, but they also have like ostrich meat, bison, and a couple of other different things that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Sounds pretty exotic. It is very exotic, and that is a fun way to put it because their building is also going to be exotic. It's kind of a mix between an airplane hangar and just outdoor hangout. They've kind of got modeled after Laughlin Yard, which have you ever been there? Nope. It is a downtown area that is big on... Small gatherings. They have fire pits outside. They kind of have craft drinks. Okay, so it's like a, a social event restaurant. You know, yes. like you go there for so. I got you. Yeah, I've seen those. I've seen those before. Yes, yeah, what you're talking about. And so it's going to be kind of like that, just all bundled up. And I'm excited. It's going to be something a little bit different. Their craft, and it'll be interested to see if something like that can prosper in this kind of area. All right, cool. That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. Guys, our next bit is uh, during the 2021 legislative session, our governor, Tate Reeves, signed the Mississippi Computer Science and Cyber Education Equality Act, or HB 633, which authorized and directed the State Department of Education to implement a mandatory K-12 computer science curriculum based on the Mississippi College and Career Readiness Standards for Computer Science. 65% of public high schools in Mississippi taught a foundational computer science course in the school year of 2021, compared to the 48% the previous year. Mississippi has continued to make tremendous progress in advancing computer science in its schools and classrooms across the state, said Governor Tate Reeves. The more than 35% increase in public high schools' access to foundation computer science since last year's report is proof we're doing what it takes to train our future leaders for the jobs of the next 50 years. Who would have ever thought that Mississippi would be a leader in teaching computer science in this nation? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's great for us. I mean, because the reality of it, since COVID... Uh, one, uh, we have a one-to-one initiative going on right now, and technology has been one of the main reasons we've been able to have what education we've had since COVID happened. Um, well, you know, and I mean, we're just moving in this direction. We have a Google headquarters right there on Airways. So, I mean, a lot of tech is going to be starting to come here. And then the cost of living, I can only assume, is going to go up with that. Oh, I agree. Um, I will tell you this as a school administrator, as that it is concerning to me. I think the more technology that comes in the class classroom that is more of a handheld personal one-to-one so like that does lead to issues when it comes to social environment um you know or social interaction as mm-hmm. you want to say 
Uh, you know, I've noticed this year that a lot of the kids have struggled socially or how they handle uh, interactions with peers, adults, and things of that nature in compared to pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like you know, having a, a year away from that kind of not so much structure, but like routine, yeah, um, has really affected a lot of our youth, uh, even adults, you know. And so, uh, you know, and you have to imagine that during that time, you were probably stuck to electronic device as a way of, you know, reaching out to the world and trying to go back to being where you're, that is not your main mode is going to be difficult. I, I think technology, again, is fantastic, but I don't think it's something that should ever replace classroom instruction or, or, um, or be its primary drive. I think social interaction with a teacher and how you interact with that is going to be the most beneficial to anyone growing up in the real world. I couldn't agree with you more. I've always looked at school as more of a way to learn how the real world works. Like, I mean, there's going to be a lot of things that school teaches you that aren't in your regular curriculum that are very important. Guys, do you own a house out there that's maybe in rough shape or know someone that maybe has a house or property that just needs a lot of work? Maybe it's uh, outdated severely or maybe it got hit by a tree. Who knows? You know, you know, maybe it's a place you got through a divorce or a separation or a loss of a loved one. Who knows? It's just one of those things you just don't want to fool with and maybe you just want to hope you could sell as is for quick, maybe for good cash. Yeah, and you see all of these new rules that are being made and you're like, uh-oh, maybe these fines are going to start adding up to me and it's going to be a lot harder to sell on top of everything I got to pay to the city. Yeah, it could be a bad situation. We want you to check out a place called Rodman Properties and they have a website called ibuydesoto.com. This is a great company that's local here that buys properties that maybe meet those criteria we, we talked about. And what they do is they offer you a great cash price, fast closing, and you're going to feel comfortable you're working with a local company that's going to do well for our community. They have done numerous properties around this area as least because they also do rentals, but these are quality rentals that help families in the area and build property value. We encourage you to go to their website called ibuydesoto.com and check out the kind of stuff they do, what kind of stuff they offer and look at some of the properties and what they've done before and after. Truly, truly a great company ran by a great family here that is local. One of those things you want to do. Go check out iBuyDeSoto.com. OBPD is scheduled to have a virtual assessment as part of a program to achieve law enforcement accreditation and by verifying it's meeting its professional standards. As part of the virtual assessment, agency employees and members of the community are invited to offer comments at a public information session on Monday, the day this episode is released, November the 8th, between 3.30 and 4.30 p.m. The session will be conducted online via Zoom, and those wishing to address the assessor may do so by joining the Zoom teleconference, and we will be posting the meeting ID and passcode for everybody to enter so that they can learn a little bit more about OPD and ask some of those questions that they may have. Absolutely. If you want to be involved in this, don't miss out. We put, we'll put this in our show notes, or you can check out the city webpage. It will have that information on there as well. Guys, we had an election past Tuesday, believe it or not, and we have some new judges and a few other commissioners we want to highlight. For District 1 Justice Court Judge, our winner was Doug Hollowell III, who won with 658 votes, defeating Gail B. Lyons, who had 244. In District 2, the election commissioner, Barbara Gunn Chatham, won with 980 votes over Zelda Hill, who had 346. So for District 3, the election commissioner was won by Chad. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this last name to be embarrassing. Here is spelled E-N-G. 
E-L-K-E, and he won with 365 votes over Brandy Gull, who had 89. So we want to say congratulations to all three of these winners and hope they do a fantastic job for the area. Yeah, was that not one of just like the weirdest voting experiences of your life? I mean, like I, I drive by two voting stations, yeah. uh, you know, during my normal route sometimes because either between work and taking kids here and there. No signs, no nothing. I saw one sweet lady right there over there on Center Hill Road holding up a sign for uh, Howell, for, for Judge yeah. and stuff like that. She must have been out there all day. It was freezing on election day, by the way. And she stood out there solo with a lawn chair, mittens. And Nobody voted. I, my parents went in and voted early in the morning. Uh, they were 12th and 13th. I went later that afternoon before I went to work, 24th. Like, wow. Nobody voted. Wow. Yeah, well, it's one of those things where if maybe if you have a big family and group of friends, you could probably win an election. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, like, and you see some of it. I mean, Doug Holloway's the district court judge had under a thousand total votes in this county. Barbara and Zelda Hill had around roughly thirteen hundred, and then Chad had under five hundred. Like, it just kind of shows, and like you were only able to vote for one, whichever district you were in. So yeah. it's not like everybody was involved in this kind of voting process. It's crazy. It's crazy. just like one of. The, I mean, we talked about it in our very first episode with the voting numbers. Yeah. I mean, we hit historic highs with what eleven percent. Yeah, that's like, isn't that sad? Like, I mean, it's, it, sad. it's just a weird one. Before we get to the fact of the week, Rob also gave us a little bit of information that the DeSoto County Museum is going to be having carriage rides around the square, a tour of Hernando's First Cemetery, a 1939 Lionel Train exhibit, and a chance to learn cursive writing from an old 1880s schoolroom. And these are just a few of the activities that are going to be taking place at the DeSoto County Museum as part of Hernando Dickens of a Christmas on November the 13th. There you go, guys. Which I don't know if you know this or not, since you're more of the high school education, but is cursive still being taught in school? Yes, actually, believe it or not, uh, there are a lot of grade levels that are bringing back cursive, um, and it is a great thing, because there is nothing worse than asking a high schooler to sign something, and he starts putting print Brock letters, and I want to just take the pencil and destroy it in front of them, because I'm like... No, that's not how you sign your name, or that's not how you do this. That you need to come up with your own style and everything else. But given I can't because hey, it's your choice how you want to sign your name. It's whatever. But I'm strongly encouraging it. But yes, it is getting better and better. Okay. My son has learned. My daughter has learned, um, and so I'm very pleased for this. Yeah, I mean, I had read somewhere that it wasn't being taught anymore, and then this popped up. It was like, oh my goodness, is that skill of learning to learn a cool signature and way to write just out the window? Uh, yeah, it was for a while. They completely, you know, debunked it for a while, but it's coming back. That is absolutely wild to me. All yeah. right, now let's yes. know about this fact of the week. Fact of the week. Now, guys, it is brought to you by Rob Long of the DeSoto County Museum, which is located in Hernando on Commerce Street, right across from the Area 51 Ice Cream Shop. They are open Tuesday through Saturday and have numerous exhibits for your viewing and learning pleasure. Don't miss out. Guys, today's history is going to be a little more of Mississippi history as it relates to our motivational message uh, regarding our president, our former president, Theodore Roosevelt. Did you know that the teddy bear's name originated after a bear hunt in Mississippi with President Theodore Roosevelt? President Roosevelt refused to shoot an exhausted and possibly lame bear. News of this spread across the country, and a New York merchant capitalized on the publicity and created a stuffed bear and called it the teddy bear. 
New York, always ready to jump in. They tried to turn a weakness into a negative, but, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, it's hard to be negative about that man. And we have one of the greatest stuffed animals in the humankind history. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. I'm, I just couldn't pass this up. And when I read this other day, especially when I was researching Theodore Roosevelt, especially after that amazing motivational message he had, I was like, well, hey, this is a cool way just to tie it into Mississippi again. So uh, next week we'll pick back up with some more local stuff. Um, but I hope you all enjoyed that little nugget. And that's going to wrap up all of our news before we head into the sports section of our show. Are you looking to start renovating? Well, North Mississippi Dumpster is the local business you want to contact. All you have to do is head over to DeSotoDumpsters.com. You'll be able to find all of your pricing and sizing needs. They are open seven days a week and have fantastic prices. They carry 13 and 20 yard roll-off dumpsters that are in great conditions, so you don't have an eyesore sitting in your yard or on your job site. They service DeSoto, Tate, Marshall, and Tunica counties. So visit them at DeSotoDumpsters.com or give them a call at 901-299-0916. Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873. And now it's time for the OB Pod Coaches Post Game Show with Jason Russell, Alan Peacock, and Justin Hector. You think you know football, but you don't. So shut up and listen. All right, guys, as we get ready to wrap up our last football show, we've got to go hit those basketball scores first. And this week, we've had a lot of exciting basketball, a lot of big standout players. I'm pretty excited to go. Cash, what do we got first? Yeah, if y'all can bear with us as we try to get our bearings and figure out how we want to go about this segment, because we don't know if we want to list everyone's records, just go with the most recent scores that we've seen, and if we're just going to direct y'all a lot to the show notes. But right now, I think we're just, like you said, Zach, going to talk a lot about the most recent games that they had, a little bit of highlights in there, and then see what the community wants us to do with it. Absolutely. What are we looking like on the girls' side? We've got Lewisburg as they beat New Albany 54 to 39, DeSoto Central handling Madison Central 59 to 51, Lewisburg whooping up on Water Valley 66 to 26, and Olive Branch getting another needed win against South Panola 79 to 69. That's awesome. Now, do we have any standout players for these girls? Well, in those Olive Branch games, we had Addison Howell as she scored 29 points, and Trinity Please added another 20, and then in in Lewisburg, Allison Irby scored a career high of 23. And for DeSoto Central, Janaea Jones scored 22 points and almost had that double-double with nine rebounds. And then an amazing and absurd five blocks in that victory over Madison Central. That's impressive. That is I mean, quite impressive. Five blocks. That's like Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, S. <laughs> Kalima, Elijah Wan. Like, that's, that's so many blocks. I, I mean, heard that. That is a huge achievement. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Now on the boys' side, uh, New Albany defeated Lewisburg seventy-six to sixty-five. Madison Central defeated DeSoto Central seventy-six to seventy-five. Close ball game there, and Lewisburg defeated Water Valley sixty-two to twenty-one. As well as Olive Branch defeats South Panola eighty-nine to fifty-five. And that's where we had the biggest news is Darren Davis led all the branch with 26 points, but Landon Jeffries was right on his heels with 21. Yeah, uh, well, I understand this talking to uh, Tripling and Coach Rombaugh that the uh, the two guards that play for Olive Branch are pretty stellar, and I believe that's both of them. Uh, and they're, they are one of those deals where if one's hot, usually both are hot, and they are tough to stop. So that's going to be their strongest point of their team this year. It's going to be fun watching them go back and forth all year. All right, guys, that means this is week 11, and sadly, this is our final football show. Um, you know, we will still keep up to date with DeSoto Central on their playoff run and, and how that continues. But our three teams in our area, we started the show off this year. Uh, you know, I feel like they've had uh, good seasons. You know, we didn't get as many wins as they wanted. Uh, you know, I had, had to deal with a lot of adversity, but I'm super proud that we were able to have them on each week. Uh, is really, truly amazing. The positive feedback we've got from all the parents, communities, uh, people who follow the football and these kids, and uh, we hope that everybody enjoyed our coverage for it. Uh, I know these coaches have given up a lot of their time and effort and even a little bit more time to be with us to really let us know uh, about their kids and their programs and things about the game, and I hope you all really appreciated that because we look forward to building on it for next year. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and get into those scores from our local area, and then we'll talk to the coaches. We will start off with South Haven as they continue a defensive dominance in the county, beating Horn Lake 21-7. to Yep, Cash, this game, actually, the only reason Horn Lake has seven points is because it was an interception on South Haven's offense. The South Haven defense did not allow a single touchdown the entire game. And that's something that's always upset me. Like, I feel like somehow the offense needs to lose points or something because it just – it hurts me whenever the defense gets a touchdown and it shows up on the other team's defense. Like I understand that's how it has to be, but it's like, man, and it's mostly fantasy related because I've lost so many games because right. my defense ends up getting points even though they didn't give up anything. But we will move on to Lafayette taking down Lake Cormorant 28-19. Now, guys, Lafayette is a really salty team, and believe it or not, Lake Cormorant was actually winning the game for a while. Uh, I started off with a bang, doing well. But unfortunately, Lafayette came back on a, uh, on the hunt in the second half and took command and gained the lead and never lost it. Um, and unfortunately, that uh, that gave the gave an L to Lake Comer. Those things are certainly going to happen. And well, we're going to see a lot more L's in the county as DeSoto Central beat Lewisburg thirty five to twenty two. Now, you look at the score, that's impressive for Lewisburg. I think uh, Coach Hectorn really got those guys motivated. Uh, this was at Jamestown's, a home game, senior night, a lot of festivities going on. You know, Cash and I was just so happy to see, uh, you know, checking Twitter and Facebook. You know, I'm right there from that area. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up down the street from the, where the stadium is. And there was a lot of folks in the area that talked to me, and there was a lot of people out and being very positive, being very appreciative for the kids. You know, I mean, their team, they won one game. Um, they got blown out a few games here and there, uh, dealt with a lot of issues and stuff. And so to see that they had a, a community rally support, a lot of positive messages on social media, uh, I'm happy. I'm happy for those kids, the program. And, uh, you know, even though, even though they didn't win, I think they went out, you know, the best they could. And so kudos to them. I mean, one thing we started talking about at the beginning of the year with these parents was that they come show out and support their kids, their students, and 
win, lose, or draw, those parents are there for them. And that's what goes and shows to me this community is something that's really special. And this is one of the reasons why we decide to highlight this community. Absolutely. We're going to continue on with Hernando fighting to get into the playoffs as they beat Olive Branch 24-20. to And as you were telling me, this score doesn't reflect the game. So, guys, um, you know, I still say it today. I think Center Hill could have defeated Hernando last week. Turnovers were the difference. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Coach, I think uh, Wilkie is a phenomenal quarterback that took charge of the game and he had a huge score to take over and give them the W. So, congratulations to him last week. But this game, Olive Branch was leading, Hernando them leading, Olive Branch kind of come back and stuff. But Olive Branch had multiple turnovers. And two of them on the goal line that were just just disastrous. And then at the last time had they had four plays from the twenty yard line with less than twenty seconds and could not connect to win the ball game at the very end. Very tough because if they win, they go out on a four game winning streak. Um, you know the seniors go out with a W. Of course, they were never going to have the playoffs in the in the window, but. It would have been those that that sweet spoil of making Hernando not go. Yeah. Um. So it's just one of those things. But Hernando did get the W. Congratulations to the Hernando Fighting Tigers, my alma mater. Um. They will be going to the playoff as the number four seed. Um. As since Desoto Central will be the third seed, South Haven will be the second seed, and South Panola will be the first seed. And I'm just excited to see how some of those playoff games go about and even knowing what under the water tower is going to do for a little bit of playoff coverage seeing what they did with the hernando softball women's team like i think they're going to go a little all out for it i hope so guys if you if you haven't heard um under the water tower is a podcast there in hernando that is our kind of our, our brother podcast as we like to say and they do the, basically the same kind of show we do uh just covering more of the hernando community it's a great thing to check out so if you want to follow hernando football and some of the local sports or something like going on down there i would definitely encourage you to ch- check them out and going from their community to really your community, unfortunately, this one was never going to be much of a match with how y'all season has been playing, but South Panola wins 42-9 to against Center Hill. Hey, man, you watch your tongue over there, okay? I mean, believe I, I said what I said. Believe it or not, we had a chance to be to take the lead going into halftime, and because of our one of our numerous fumbles and turnovers, mm-hmm. we didn't. Um, this game, actually, man, first half, very exciting. Um, we back and forth. Both offenses were unstoppable for the first quarter and a half. No defense on either side of the unstoppable game. Unstoppable with nine points? I didn't say you know <laughs> scoring unstoppable. Okay, they, was was the goal line like a wall that is just <laughs> no. Nah, so honestly, there was four drives within the first quarter and a half. All of them went the distance, but most uh, three of the four or two out of the four ended in a turnover. Oh man, that's just absolutely yeah. brutal. I mean, South Panola drove the field and fumbled in the red zone two or three times. Uh, Center Hill did the exact same thing. It was like back and forth, back and forth, but. Um, both scored. Um, you know, we got a field goal. We scrambled on a touchdown from over 20 yards. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, the, the South Panola I witnessed, mm-hmm. you know, was not the typical South Panola. A lot of speed, a lot of stuff, but they're not as big as I expected. Um, I've heard different stories about stuff. Um, they, they're talented. But honestly, I do not see him going. You don't see him being a number one seed? I do not. Okay. I do not. Here's the deal. They lacked a dominant phase of their team. Does that make sense? Every South and Old team, that which of their 11 state titles. 
Offensive have, line was just offensive and defensive line were just so much bigger than everybody right. else. And so this group has one or two big guys. Don't get me wrong, they're still gritty, they're mm-hmm. still physical. I mean, Coach Woods does a good job. There's a reason he has, you know, multiple, multiple state titles. Um, but they had to rely on certain styles of offense to move the chains versus us. And we're, you know, and we're a three front that has struggled defensively this year. But I mean, getting a lot healthier now. I mean, you're starting quarterback, you get your defensive right. end back, and so right. I mean, it, it can show why it's harder to move your ball. Right. But, but I mean, your we were missing our other is. defensive end. We're missing two linebackers. We had kids out injury. Yeah. So I mean, like I'm just saying is is that um, they're missing. They didn't have the keynote player. Like I've said yeah. all year, they didn't have a single kid on that. They're there. You go. Oh, that's him. Number of such and yeah. such. You know, they like, have their Chris Strong. They have their Barksdale. Oh, exactly. Piggies. Like you go to South Haven, you can pick three or four. Look at that. That one. That, well, that's mean, the one and, going to Texas. That's the one going here. That's the one going there. And you I know. mean, that's why I've been so high on South Haven is they just had that early season skid where they literally didn't have a quarterback. I mean, they were rocking a four stringer essentially for three to four weeks. And so had they actually had their full complement or just a competent offense that they're able to pull out, they would be the number one seed in my mind. And I think that they're still going to go further in the playoffs than anyone else in our district. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, going back to the, the game, Cash, I mean, it, it, I think it was almost over halfway through the first quarter before the first score happened for either team. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, you would normally think South and Old would just steamroll down yeah. the field. Well, I mean, you no. see 42 points, you would think that you there was a steamroll. Right? But the reality of it is, is they scored late in the first quarter. Then uh, her, um, Center Hill get a field goal. And then it was back and forth. And then they scored. And then Center Hill scored right back. You know, and then uh, they stuffed them on a fourth down and were driving the field and fumbled. And then right there at the end, South Panola threw a touchdown, you know, to get a little bit out of the whack. But when we came back to the second half, three turnovers within the opposing red zone by uh, by Center Hill for three fast touchdowns. Oh, my So goodness. within the first five minutes of the third quarter, it was over. South Panola scored three times because of turnovers and costly mistakes. So, I mean, like you're talking about a game that was neck and neck with a chance of us taking the lead into halftime if yeah. we don't fumble or drive the field like we're supposed to, turning into a, what looks to be a blowout. Yeah. And so, like, you know, it's one of those things. Well, I mean, that, that's something that I always love about your, the postgame show that you're able to provide is because the score doesn't always dictate what the game was. No, and that's the thing. And so, like, and the sad thing is, Cash, and I'm going to go ahead and call this out, and this bothers me, okay? I stood in the stands. Yes, I'm a school administrator, but I went down there to support the kids mm-hmm. and be promoted, right? We had fans on our side that obviously are not happy with how the season went. Yeah. Okay. Understandable. And we're hollering out stuff that was completely unnecessary. People obviously didn't understand certain parts of the game. People complaining about penalties that aren't penalties. People complaining about, you know, styles of offense and that, that don't understand a a scheme or a concept, things of that nature. And it's so unfortunate, you know, because I hate to hear it. Well, I mean, and part of it is a, you're still surrounded by 12 to 18 year olds. So always be weary of what you're saying because you are setting an example for these young minds and these young kids. And then also like my mom that she doesn't really know a lick about football, but she's going to cheer it on regardless, even if we're winning or losing. Now, some people might feel like that's not the right way to go about it. But as somebody who went on and played college football in a triple option kind of offense and have seen the success that it can do and bring like any office can succeed in football as long as your team and community get behind it. Right. Well, yeah, if you execute and execute well, 
then you're going to be successful. It's not what you do. It's how you do it, you know? And so it, it, my deal is, is that if you hear someone or you catch yourself hollering out negativity, do you think it's going to change anything? Most likely, no. No. I mean, like, so if you're hollering out, hey, run a different play, or hey, this, that, or so on, do you think the coach on the sideline is listening to you going, oh, hey, the guy in the stand said I need to try and change a different <laughs> play. Hey, let's run this. You know, like, that doesn't happen. You know, and so be a supportive, positive message for your kids. Even if you're upset and not happy, there are ways to go about expressing your dis, you know, disapproval with things. But conveying it where kids can hear it, that shows them that there's a lack of support behind them, and that's not what anybody needs to hear. You know, you need to make it positive. You need to make it for the kids. It's not about what you think should happen. It's not about what you think should change. It's about making sure your kid has a positive outlook, stays motivated, and finishes strong. That's what's important. Yeah, and like my thing is, if you heard it in the stands, that means a kid heard it in the stands, and like that's just the kind of things that we don't need them to hear. No, absolutely not, guys. Our next game, North Point. Sadly, their season came to an end on Friday night as they had a 54-20 to loss to Silverdale Academy out of Chattanooga. The defeat came in the first round of the playoffs, and that means that North Point ends their season with a 5-6 and record. Shocking thing to me in this game is the first 42 points for Silverdale Academy came in the first quarter. Now, I don't know if that was actually true, and they just mistyped it and said first half, but either way, 42 points right there is absurd to give up on defense uh that sounds like it was very lopsided and um that's unfortunate i hate to hear that you know our co-host down there on the water tower um they'll give you the full breakdown of the game yeah i mean his son was a starting center he was a senior so and he's the one who runs their twitter feed i mean like he's very integral in their program so i'm sure they'll have a lot of details on it so if you want to hear more about it definitely go check it out uh, we really appreciate everybody uh, this season. I know it's been a tough year for a lot of our teams. Like I said, none of our three none of our three teams are getting the playoffs. But I still say we have some of the best coaches around, and we have great community support. And we're going to build on this. And I see nothing but bright futures for all three programs moving forward. And I can't wait for y'all to hear from the coaches here in a minute because we're going to kind of just talk about the last game, but kind of wrap up as the season uh, with all of them. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So let's go ahead and start off with Lewisburg. Here is Coach Hectorn. Hey, guys, I got Coach Hectorn. Coach, how we doing today, brother? Hey, doing well. Good to hear, man. Look, uh, Friday night was a, was a good game. I know DeSoto Central came over to Jamestown, and there was a part of me that felt like they uh, maybe, maybe kind of expected y'all to lay down, and uh, y'all didn't do that. If anything, I think you kind of socked them in the mouth a little bit and make it a game and change some things. Uh, you know, what, what was your feeling on uh, you know, this past Thursday night? Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely it. I, you know, I think last year in, in this game, kind of finishing up the season, it, it kind of went uh, more of what you described there at the beginning where, you know, Lewisburg kind of laid down and, and just kind of took it. And um, you know, that just wasn't how we were going to do things. And we've challenged our guys all year long. And, and probably one of the biggest things that we wanted to do this year was to learn how to compete, you know, learn how to how, how to play four quarters of football and uh, and our kids did that on Friday night, and I don't I don't know if they were ready for it, um, you know. But our kids came out and fought from from start to finish, and uh, they left it all out, all out there on the field. And that's exactly what we asked. So, really proud of our kids. I mean, it had been very easy to lay down and just say, well, it's the last one, and you know this thing's over with. But you know they were they were going to go out swinging, and and I definitely feel like they did that. So very proud of them. 
That's awesome, Coach. I got to tell you, man, we were tagged in a lot of social media stuff after the game, even got some emails and communications from people at the game that are part of the community, part of some parents and all like that. And there was an overall buzz going on during the game, especially at the end of the game, um, about parents were just very excited about the future of the program, were happy to see how the kids competed all the way through. Uh, you know, some were talking about how DeSoto Central had to change things up and uh, even bring, you know, during the end of the game had to, you know, bring starters back out, you know, when, you know, when things were going sour because y'all were actually making a run. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, that just goes to show you that the fire and the drive was great and the parents and community noticed. And so I didn't know if you noticed any of that, Coach, but man, it, it, it was a real positive buzz. And I, I know that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, there was definitely a, um, a different feel in the air when, when the game was over. And, uh, you know, I don't know what that was. And, you know, it's kind of strange. It's not something you would expect a one and nine team to kind of feel. But, you know, there, there definitely seemed to be a lot of uh, pride in what we've accomplished this year and uh some definitely some optimism for the future and you know i I definitely feel that way so it's a a great feeling that that uh, the people in our community and our our players and our parents and our school feel that way because again we our better days are definitely ahead i heard that coach well, Coach, you know, from uh, from the game Thursday and throughout the season, you know, I always think about the seniors when you know it's their last game. And, uh, you know, I know you all had a bunch, I think, what, like 21 or 23 seniors, and which is a, is a heavy load of seniors for this group. Um, you know, so if you had a moment to, you know, talk about some of your senior players and what it meant for the team, that would be awesome. Yeah, you know, it's a group that uh, obviously has been through quite a bit of kind of ups and downs, I guess you could say, during their high school football career. And, you know, coming in with a new coach and a lot of things changing, it's, it's not always easy. And, um, and it wasn't easy this year. And, you know, we, we had some, definitely had some bumps along the way and, um, you know, some growing and learning that we all had to do on the fly. But, um, again, my, kind of our biggest thing this year, two things I wanted to focus on was I, I want to make sure that we're, you know, we're not getting a ton of penalties in a game. And every game that we played in, we were the least penalized team. And every single game, and it wasn't even close. Uh, and the second thing I really wanted us to do was was to compete, learn how to compete, learn how to finish football games. And, and we did that. And it, you know, felt like it kind of took a little longer than we wanted. Uh, but our kids bought into that, and they believed in it. And uh, the foundation that this class has set for us is uh, uh, is huge. And I don't know if it's something that people are going to see right away, uh, but I, I do believe here two, three years, we're going to see a, a foundation that is that is really going to help this uh, program get where we want it to go. So really proud of those guys. Very easily could have gone and, you know, shut it down and, uh, you know, kind of did their own thing. But they stayed the course. They believed in what we're doing and uh, very thankful for, for the way they handled everything this year. I completely agree, Coach. Great, great comments there. And, um, you know, you got to start somewhere. And that is, you know, and foundations first. And, and so I would say special thanks to those seniors as well. Um, that's, a, that's a big deal. You know, Coach, you know, every time we kind of wrap up the season, you know, when I used to coach, I always talked to my players about, you know, what to look at for the future and talk to those parents, the seniors, as well as the ones that are going to be sticking with the team. And, you know, what, what do you want to say to your community and your players, you know, for what, moving forward from this point forward? Well, you know, we've, we've got to get back to work, you know, and, and, and again, I kind of mentioned those two things we really wanted to focus on this year. And, you know, it seems kind of silly, you know, most places aren't, aren't really dealing with, you know, that kind of being the goal of the year. 
but for us, it was. And that's just kind of where, where our program was at the time. Um, but, you know, now it's time to take an even bigger step forward. And, and that's going to come in, in the weight room for us. It's going to come, you know, learning uh, more about football, uh, learning how to compete, you know, how to, how to be tough in certain situations. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of where we're, we're headed now. And, you know, what we've, what we've done this year is, you know, we've got to build on and, uh, it's just a surface. So we've got a lot more to do, a lot more to grow. And, uh, we're, but again, we're excited to get back to work and, you know, we're definitely not, uh, satisfied with anything that's for sure so we just know that we've got to get right back to work and and continue to build this program the way we want it to go absolutely coach well coach as always man i want to say a special thanks from ob pod cash and i really really appreciate you taking time away from your family and maybe time that you want to do something of your own and you know giving us these few minutes and letting us know about how your kids done and how the season's progressing and you know us getting to be a part of a you know an inside view of things from your perspective because uh, there's a lot of people out there who maybe miss things or don't know, and you know, and we hope that this information helped them out. And a big part of that was you. And so uh, we want to say a special thanks to you and what it means to us here at the podcast for you to be able to do that. Uh, it means the world to us, and we look forward to you know getting catching back up with you again soon when it comes to spring. And we'll be excited about hearing about the kids of the future and how things are going, and maybe even dive into a little bit about the you know, middle school program moving up. I know you've got some successful teams coming up, and so there is a, you know a lot of bright future. Futures there. Uh, it looks like Lewisburg is going to build into a, a great place and a, a great program to be a part when it comes to football. Uh, so again, we want to say thank you for that. Yeah, they, I appreciate that, and you know, and, and thank you guys for all you've done of of highlighting uh, you know the football in this area and, and obviously specifically Lewisburg football. It it means a lot, you know, and, and like you said, there's a there's a lot of narrative. If you just look and you see scores on Friday and not really fully understand what went into. Uh, that score, what's really kind of going on behind the scenes, it's it's hard to fully understand. And, and you guys have given us a platform and have done a fantastic job of covering, uh, again, all of the, the teams here in all the branch area. And, and uh, but yeah, really appreciate it and enjoyed the talks and, and looking forward to uh, getting back out of here in the spring. Absolutely. Well, Coach, again, really appreciate all your time, man, and enjoy your time with your family. I know y'all are probably going to get right back into the weight room soon and get after it because I just know what kind of guy you are. And, uh, you know, don't be too hard on them boys, but I definitely see uh, the, the bright futures ahead of them. And, uh, again, appreciate your time and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you, Coach Hector Torn, for everything that you have done for us this year, and we look forward to talking to you next year. Next up, we got Coach Peacock. Hey guys, I've got Coach Peacock with me. Coach, how we doing on this fine Sunday afternoon, brother? Oh man, doing good, doing good. Now, did I did I hear right? You uh, you firing up a smoker over there on the back porch? Yeah, I'm about to about to light it up. I heard that. That's awesome, Coach. Well, again, appreciate you on joining us on a Sunday. As always, uh, Coach, the game Friday night. You know, some people really had their uh, head down going into it, thinking, you know, oh my gosh, number one, South Anola. We're going to get blown out and awful, but, you know, Coach, i got to be honest with you. I drove down to Batesville, got to watch you on Thursday night, and the kids came out and came out hard. I thought the first half, y'all were in the game. Heck, y'all even had a chance to take the lead going into halftime, uh, but unfortunately turnovers end up being a huge de- defining point at that point and further in the game. Uh, but overall, I was proud, proud of the boys for how they fought and how they went at it. They didn't have any delay, no uh, – no issues, seemed like they weren't scared. And, you know, hey, I, I think that's a testament to the kids and the program. And I want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, you know, I thought um, 
you know, we got up there. Obviously, they're they're you know kind of a storied program. I don't know how many state championships they've won, but you know, I've I've coached against them several times uh, during kind of the streak um, and the national championship kind of era. Um, but you know, our kids came out, played hard. Uh, yeah, you know, I think we got the ball back with about five minutes left in the first half, down four. Um, so with a chance to go take the lead. And, um, you know, the kind of the turnover bug bit us. And that's kind of been the story all year. Um, you know, the games we've lost, uh, you know, that we were in, uh, turnovers is what has, has kind of been the difference. And it bit us again. And, um, uh, you know, we, we gave them a short field and then got the ball back and then wound up having to punt. And, and then they went down and scored. So it wound up, it went from like a 14 to nine game to a, to a 28 to nine game. Within those five, those five minutes left in halftime. So, uh, but you know it is what it is. Like I said, they're a great football team. I've not really known Coach Woods, but known who he was for a long, long time. Because uh, when I was in high school, he was the head coach at Ackerman, which was kind of where I grew up. That area um, does a great job. I feel like they're a, a really good football team. They're, I think they're gonna, you know, our whole district. I think he's gonna have a hard time in this first round of the playoffs. Uh, uh, I think I'll kind of be surprised if we win more than one game and we may not win a single game uh, from a playoff perspective just because that district down around the Jackson area is so, so strong right now. Um, but really proud of my seniors, really proud of how they ended ended the year. You know, we'll meet tomorrow and kind of talk about some things and wrap up, you know, some questionnaires and vote on captains and things like that. But uh, just really proud of their effort and desire. And, you know, I, I told them going into the game, like, look, I'm going to let you play as much as possible. But if I feel like you're, you've turned in the towel, I'm going to pull you right then. Um, I, I didn't feel like we didn't have to do that. I feel like they played hard and, and did what they were supposed to do. Coach, I agree. I, I saw a lot of guys get out there, and it didn't matter if you were down by four or if you were down by 20-something. Guys were going at it and doing, playing hard, and it was fun to watch. And, you know, that's what you want. You don't want kids laying down and just kind of giving up on the season during a ball game, and that would be terrible. You know, like you said, the uh, I think turnovers were a big deal for that game as well as all season, and plus, plus just injuries and um, you know, it's just been it's been a tough year with a lot of things going on that you know, affected the team, and it's just unfortunate. But like you said, the seniors did a great job. Real proud of them. Uh, you know, I got to walk around the stadium, coach, and you know, like you said, a storied program there at South Panola. Um, you know, they had this, uh, you know, a wall over there on their indoor facility. I don't know if you got to go inside it or not. You know, it has their 11 state titles, a lot of tradition there. And so, uh, you know, you, you can say, well, you know, we got beat. Uh, but, you know, hey, playing against a story program like that is a, is a good way to go out. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, actually, I, I did get to go inside their indoor. And it's uh, their AD actually used to work in DeSoto County, I believe. And you know, so I, I had met him before and went and talked to him, and he he took me in and kind of kind of looked around it a little bit. And I tell you, it's something, it's something to behold now. And it's you know what's the uh, I know when people see stuff like that, they think, oh well, you know that's just for the football team. And I think that's a, a huge misconception about you know facilities like that is that they're just for the football team. You know, I was talking with him, and their baseball team uses it, their softball team uses it. Uh, he said every outdoor sport at some point in the year is going to be in that facility. Uh, I know when I was at Clinton, you know, when we had a turf field, you know, every outdoor sport used that turf field at some times. You know, baseball would be on it any time their field was wet. Uh, our band used it. Our, I mean, everybody benefits from stuff like that. And I think it's a testament to that that district and what they've done. And, 
you know, made athletics important uh, as well as academics. I think, you know, their AD talked about how, how much their academics had improved recently. Um, you know, and I think you, you, can, you can do good at both and be good at both if, uh, if, you, if you put, you know, if you put the money into both. Um, it, it, like I said, it was, I think it's a 35, 30-35-yard 30, turf field. It had drop down batting cages. It had a it had a a lined uh, baseball diamond on the on the turf. It had twenty power racks uh, on one one end of it. So you think you know where we're going to lose a whole bunch of days from rain and weather and cold and not being able to get outside in the off season. They're going to be able to do their their running and their agility and their speed work, and they're never going to miss a single day um, just because they've got that that facility so you know we'll lose 15 days of, of being able to be outside from now through you know the end of spring practice and and they won't lose a single one yeah that's that's nice coach you know hopefully maybe someday uh you know here in the county uh we can get some things together and maybe make a facility like that uh, you know maybe not just even at center hill but maybe uh, several locations you know to benefit all the kids around here i think it'd be awesome but Coach, I want I want to say that I personally want to say thank you for joining us every uh, every week this season. Um, I know that that is you know time from your family and time from you know uh, different things you might be wanting to do, and um, I really really appreciate that. I know Cash and I really do. And but one thing I want to give you the opportunity to say is is that you know if you had a closing remarks to tell your kids, your parents, the community, you know something that kind of closes out for Center Hill as this is kind of our last episode for, you know, football postgame show. Uh, you know, if you had a few minutes, what, what would you say, Coach? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, I, I would I would thank my seniors, thank my senior parents for the time and effort that they've put in, you know, to our program and and to what we are trying to do and, and trying to work towards. Uh, so it would just be a, a huge thank you to them. You know, football kind of gets a bad rap and um, – with concussions and injuries and all of that, but I think it's absolute best team sport there is. I think it takes, you know, guys that are big and, and can, you know, block and takes little bitty guys that can run and, and guys that can throw and guys that can catch and, and guys that can run but can't catch, you know, to play DB. So it takes a lot of different types and, you know, they all come together for a common goal. And I think that's what we try to teach our kids. And then to our, our guys returning, man, we got to work. We got a, we got a lot of work to do. Um, and it's going to take hard work and uh, being there and, and being ready to go each and every day. And, you know, we'll start our offseason here in about a week. We'll give them a couple of days off and then we'll get rolling. And, you know, football, the work to reward ratio in football is much, much different than any other sport. And we're going to spend, you know, basically from, you know, the middle of November through August working to get ready to play a football game. And we're going to practice three or four times a week to play one game on Friday night. And everybody else, you know, they play two, three games a week. Um, so, you know, to play football, you got to you got to be willing to be okay with being bored. You know what I'm saying? You got to you got to be okay with doing the little things over and over again. And everything can't be about just having fun. We want to have fun, but you got to be uh, you got to have a high capacity for boredom, is what we like to say. And we got to get out there and get after it. Um, uh, even when you don't want to. And I think that's what the mark of good teams are, 
you know, being able to do the little things right, even when it's not easy. Well, Coach, I couldn't agree with you more. I think uh, football is definitely one of those sports where it does more than just win games. It builds character, builds, uh, you know, companionship, social interaction, uh, leadership skills, uh, you know, uh, team skills, you name it. And so, uh, you know, keep the faith, keep the guys going strong. And I want to say thank you to the community for supporting Center Hill through, uh, you know, through the highs and lows uh, throughout the season. I'm just thankful y'all got to play a full season, didn't have COVID tear y'all up. I mean, uh, you know, like we've had in the past. And um, that, so that's very beneficial. You know, I wish we had less guys had gotten hurt and had issues, you know, which I think would have made a huge difference in our season. But overall, again, I'm just happy we got to play and the kids played hard the whole time. And uh, I appreciate you, Coach, again, for everything you do. Yeah, man, I appreciate y'all. Thanks for, uh, you know, it's been kind of, cool to have this opportunity and and appreciate uh you and cash and all that y'all have done for for high school football in this area i know you know it's uh kind of meant a lot to the players and the coaches i think of kind of being able to get on there and i know y'all have had some requests from other area schools to maybe add them in and you know that kind of deal so it's been it's been a cool deal well, again, Coach, I, I thank you for that, and I really appreciate your time. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll catch up with you again in the off offseason, um, you know, when we get to spring ball, and we'll look forward to, you know, maybe diagnosing who our new uh, starters might look like and what kind of competition we're going to be rolling into and any maybe any other exciting news we might have towards football. But until then, Coach, man, again, thank you for your time and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, man, appreciate it. Coach, unfortunately, the season started off with a lot of troubles and it was just hard to get back on the track, but we look forward to talking to you next year. Last but not least, here's Coach Russell. All right, guys, I got Coach Russell with me. Coach, how are we doing on this fine evening? Doing great. Good to hear, Coach. Look, uh, I, uh, I got to hear a lot about Thursday night versus Hernando, quite a ball game down there in Hernando. Uh, you know, it looks like, uh, in my words, uh, from whatever I was hearing from everybody was is that, you know, it was y'all's game to lose. And unfortunately, the turnover bug got the best of you. Uh, you know, what could you talk? What can you tell us about the game? Well, we moved the ball well offensively. Uh, we ran the ball well. I think trailing at over 200 yards again rushing. Um, we actually we started a freshman quarterback and, uh, you know, I mean, future's bright with our program. We've got a young kid there that can really spin it and makes good decisions with the ball. Uh, he played really well. Uh, he did throw a couple of interceptions. Uh, one was the receiver ran the wrong route, and then the other one was he took a shot right in the chest as he released the ball and it fluttered. So, I mean, you know, just a couple of things that are, um, you know, those are tough. Uh, we got a fumble on the three-yard line. You know, you mentioned turnovers. I mean, you, you know, there's three of them right there. And it just, you know, that, that, that hurt us. You know, self-inflicted wounds, again, um, was, was the story of, of why we were unable to be uh, successful. You know, we had, you know, all year I felt like we turned up yards. We turned up yards. We, we would end the yard, the game with, you know, 250 yards rushing and lose the game or uh, stay in a close game uh, because of turnovers and, uh, you know, penalties and things like that. So, you know, that'll be a big focus of our offseason is that everything matters. You know, that's going to be the thing is that everything matters. There's no detail too small to, to, uh, to address. And, uh, you know, I think that's one thing that we, we lack this year. Um, is just attention to details, and uh, we're going to hammer that all off season, and we'll be a better football team for it. I hear you, Coach. Well, I know Hernando was quite a game, Coach. Um, you know, and like you said, turnovers were the difference. I know y'all were able to make a big stop at the end, and you know, and you got the ball down there within the twenty and had four shots and just couldn't get it to connect, and sadly ended on sack. 
But, you know, that just tells me, Coach, that your guys played to the bitter end. That's a, that's a testament to your seniors, your team, and how things are going. Um, you know, I, I know it was an L, but I think your, your team got better and better as it went along. And that's a great way to end the season, you know. So if you had a moment to talk about your seniors and things like that, what would you say? Well, I think you, you, you know, that's the first thing is that our seniors, you know, we didn't do everything right. You know, there's no, there's no, no hiding that. But what our seniors did the entire year is they never gave up. You know, down to the last play of the last game of the season, you know, playoffs were not, were not, you know, possibility for us. We were just barely uh, mathematically eliminated before the game. So we knew that we didn't have a chance to play for the playoffs, but our kids still played all the way down to the last snap of the game. And it came down to that. You know, the ball hit us in, you know, in the hands and they knocked it loose. And you know, we're right there uh, having the opportunity to win. You know, I think that says a lot to the character of those young men. Um, you know, they had they had everything stacked against them and every reason to give up, but they never gave up. They kept fighting. They kept working. They kept uh, coming to practice. They kept, uh, you know, giving great effort in the game. And with what they did, we continued to grow throughout the season. I, I feel like, without a doubt, we were a better football team at the end of the season than we were at the beginning of the season. Uh, I felt like we improved every week. Um, you know, scores may not always show that, but... Uh, there was constant improvement. We were fixing one thing after another and, and continually uh, improving as a team. Coach, I agree with that. I think your team uh, got better uh, throughout the whole season, like you said. And uh, like you said, y'all made adjustments. You made changes. And you were always in uh, – it seems to be every ball game. You know, like I said, just the little things that added up against you and a lot of those. And you very much could have been in the playoffs, uh, much like Center Hill as well. I mean, just things happened uh, to the team, uh, you know, between injuries, self-inflicted errors, fumbles, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just kind of the story of the year. But, you know, you got to see a lot of bright spots. I think your running back, uh, Trevor Miller, was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I hope he has a future ahead of him. And like you said, your team uh, got stronger better and i think y'all have a bright future um coach you know if there was a something you could say to the community or your parents or things about this year and what to look like for even moving forward uh you know what would you tell them well the first thing i'd like to say is thank you you know i you know our record wasn't what we wanted it to be this year but we still had people showing up week in and week out uh every week of the season down to our last home game, the stands were full. You know, we had people packed out. We had a two-hour rain delay, and we still had a stadium full of people. Um, our community supported our football team this year, and I'm really, really proud of that. Um, you know, we're going to work really, really hard this offseason. We're going to, again, attention to details, small details, win big games. And that's what I always tell our kids, and that's something that we're going to just stress this offseason. Uh, and I think we're going to have a great, uh, a really fun, exciting product on the field next year. I'm excited about this team we've got coming back. We're going to miss our seniors, but we've got some guys that are ready to step up and ready for their opportunity. That's great, Coach. Great to hear. Um, I, you're absolutely correct when it comes to community. Every game seemed like it was just, you know, intense, uh, great turnout. Uh, you know, it was great seeing all the people come out and with even support. Even you know, if you're down a few touchdowns, it never slacked. It never um, lessened, per se. You know, and even in the beginning of the year when there were some struggles and even some social media, a little bit of hate out there, you know, all that kind of shifted and turned into support. So that's a great sign for the, the program moving forward. Uh, Coach, I wanted to tell you personally from myself and Cash, <clears throat> we really appreciate 
you taking time out of your family time and your time to do maybe do something of your own uh, to sit down and, and chat with us each and every week. I know that was a huge commitment, but I want you to know that we have received so much positive feedback from so many people wanting to, wanting to listen and hear from you and hear about the kids and how things are going and to get a better perspective of the ball game instead of just reading a score on a an app or a website or a newspaper, getting to hear a little bit more about it and getting to highlight those kids. And so that means a lot. And so we definitely want to say from the podcast, we really appreciate you and the time you sacrificed for everything when it comes to this football program. Well, you know, I want to say thank you to you guys too. I think, I think it's a, you know, also a byproduct as well of the podcast and these different news outlets and, and, and our community feels in tune. They feel like they know what's going on in the program week in and week out. They get to hear what, uh, adjustments are made and, and what we're what we're thinking and I think that helps people stay connected you know and I think that has led to more people being connected more excited about Friday nights and coming out to watch the game so we appreciate what you guys do highlighting these kids and, and, and the opportunity they have out there on the field and I think it's a big deal for our community. Well, Coach, I appreciate that. Um, we really look forward to hearing what's going to happen in the future. I know y'all going to have spring rocking and rolling, uh, you know, new lineups and, you know, maybe some adjustments here and there and changes. And all that's going to be something to get excited about for the community and look forward to that spring game. You know, when that time comes, we look forward to having you back on and getting to talk to some Keister football. Absolutely. Absolutely. That sounds great to me. Coach, again, thank you for your time, man. And we look forward to uh, the offseason and, of course, next year. Sounds great. Looking forward to myself. Thank you for everything you did for us this year, Coach Russell. Unfortunately, we couldn't end with that massive winning streak, but we will always have next year. Guys, again, we really want to say thank you for listening to our post-game show uh, regarding our football teams and our coaches and stuff. It means a lot to us. We really look forward to building on this and uh, having more and more input and more information. We hope to really try to expand it in different areas to really give you the highlights and information, maybe even have some of the players join us next year to discuss you know, from, a, from the kids' point of view. And I think it would be something really special for everyone, especially the parents out there, because we just have such a great community. It's just amazing to know that we had a thought you know, a month or two before the season of doing something like this and wondering – is this going to be worth it? You know, is all the effort and everything that's going into this, will it pay dividends? And it did. Like, I mean, the community, they talked to us, they gave us feedback, they loved it. And just to hear people tell us in the streets that they appreciated their kids getting coverage and hearing about that, that means a lot. It does. Again, we just want to say thank you so much, and we hope you stick around uh, and listen to our post-game show starting next week when we talk about basketball. We're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to have alternating coaches join us each week. We're not going to have every single one because we have decided to expand to Soto Central and do girls basketball as well, and I don't think anybody wants to listen to eight coaches back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back <laughs> to back about basketball, you know, unless you're just a diehard. But we are going to pick and choose some different games each week and maybe have a coach to come join us to talk about a little bit about their kids and how the game went. Or if they have some big games coming up, and I think we'll really get a taste and or at least a flavor of how things are going to be because our teams in our area are pretty salty. Uh, it should make for a very exciting year, and we're really, really looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to the OB Pod Coaches Post Game Show with Jason Russell, Alan Peacock, and Dustin Hector. And now that your three brain cells are saturated with football knowledge, go tell your friends where you got it. See you next week.
All right, Cash, we're back at it. Monday Night Football again, man. So how did we do this past week? Not good. Not good. Um, Do we need to go ahead and cut the segment? Because you're on a losing streak. I mean, you know, hopefully people are just making money fading me. I mean, that's part of it. My buddy Michael, he texted me and said, well, I'm glad I figured out three weeks ago that I could just fade you and be a lot more profitable than you are. And Michael, I'm happy that, A, you listen, but B, that you're making money that I am not. And it's just hard because I still don't feel like I've made the wrong pick. And, I mean, maybe that's part of my problem. But when you have two turnovers in the red zone and then you have long drives going the other way that end without points, it's just like you're right there. And Patrick Mahomes throws an interception on the four-yard line Mm. after driving all the way down the field. You know, you see seven points get wiped off. And it's just ah, we were right there. We were close. And – I don't know. The Chiefs defense is terrible. The Giants offense should have been explosive, and it just didn't work out that way. A scoreless third quarter. Just never would have imagined it with the Chiefs. So we've got the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I know you don't watch a lot of football, but I think you can tell me what both of these teams are known for. That would be the defensive side. That would be the defensive side. And uh, both of these teams have atrocious offenses this year. So we're going to stay with attacking that total. It's a low one. It's 39. You're going to be sweating this game out if you're betting with me. But we are going to take under 39 points, which means we are just going to be hope rooting for three yards in a cloud of dust. And that is how a lot of these offenses play. So short gains, clock running, nice little short game. Under 39 points is how we're going to attack it. And hopefully this will get us back on a winning streak. That's right, guys. Make sure you bet the opposite of cash if you want to start winning money. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. That's right. It's under 39. Go for it. And hopefully we get back on the winning streak. These guys need to be, uh, you know, getting back on par with what should make sense when it comes to these bets. Well, I mean, Big Ben, he could go down as a top 15 quarterback in NFL history. But he has just not played like it for the last three years. They're dealing with a bunch of injuries. And then the Chicago Bears, no one really knows what they're doing. But that defense has been ferocious the last couple of weeks. So I really do see this. It's just the public loves betting overs because, well, scoring is fun. And this total, even at 39, is still pretty high for both of these teams. There you go, guys. As always, guys, we hope you enjoy our show. And if you are interested in being a part of our show, maybe as an advertiser or a sponsor, whatever you'd like to be, please reach out to us at theobpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to chat with you. Or you can check us out on Facebook or Twitter at obpod. We always enjoy those interactions, and that's what makes this podcast so special for us. Other than that, we will see you guys next week. I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. <laughs>